0: oh hello there i'm jesse this is after the gig welcome happy tuesday yeah it's tuesday it's tuesday around 3 30 uh hanging in providence um yeah story of our lives just hanging out quarantining trying to be nice to each other that's about it that's all we can do um so this week on the po- podcast, I'm kind of digging back into the vault of some old recordings that I had. This recording is, um, this is with my friend Kristen Hutchinson. Kristen is a comedian. She's a public speaker. She is an aspiring uh, author. She does a lot of stuff. I met Kristen when I was at the Gaff in Watertown, Massachusetts. Um, I was there with my buddy Brandon, who's uh, who was on this show before, and we were talking music and comedy and all that stuff. And comedy is a big... Um, I, I'm a lover of, all of, of, of stand-up comedy and movies and all that stuff. Um, I don't understand people that aren't fans of comedy. Anyway, I had this old recording that... Uh, Kristen and I did when we did a podcast back when I was in Boston, but after we recorded the podcast, I went on the road with Carbon Leaf uh, on a tour and then like a lot of other, um, I had a lot of like musical guests, so it didn't really make sense at the time to do uh, a podcast that wasn't music related. Um, And many months have passed by and the quarantine is Got me thinking about a lot of stuff, has us all thinking about a lot of stuff. And uh, I thought it'd be cool to release this podcast this week. But first, before we get to the episode, I wanted to address a couple of, uh, uh, address an email that I got from Sangeeta Ryan. Um, Sangeeta said, hi, Jess. And this was written, she sent this to me May 31st. So, Hi, Jesse. Enjoyed the last podcast where you just chilled and answered questions. Thanks for doing these. It made me remember a phone call from Jet, my son, last year when he was... um, Oh, it was last year. I thought it was this year. Last year when he was a junior in his junior year at college. So he calls me late one weekend night and says, Mom, I'm not sure if I'm feeling this engineering thing anymore. I love producing music. So I feel like I'm a supportive mom and I say, that's great, Jet. And when you finish college, just think of how your engineering career can fuel your passion for producing music. Silence from Jet. Then he responds, well, mom, I thought maybe you'd like to fuel my passion. This, this, uh, this kid knows I fund various musician projects all the time, but I saw the Indian mom in me rear, her stereotypical head, with that mindset of Indian kids should be doctors or engineers. Well, he did graduate last week as an engineer and starts his big boy job in June in this awful economy, and he continues to make music. People say he's good. I just hope I didn't F up too badly. Question one to both you and Jen. I'd love to get a female perspective. Um, As a parent of a beautiful, bright boy uh what would you would you all's response be in that situation <clears throat> question two and as a musician, what is your response or advice to jet not to me take care and keep safe um so question one as a music- uh uh as a parent of a beautiful bright boy what would your response be in this situation so I can really only since i'm i'm you know since uh ethan is so young he's only a couple months old so you know you, th- you you can't really think so far before ethan was born i used to think about scenarios like this and how i would react uh but after they're born and you're dealing with a whole different set of problems there's not problems but a whole different set of uh things to deal with like you know your your changing diapers and, and trying to keep them active and, um, you know, just entertaining them throughout the day. It's really about entertainment for them. Uh, so I, I don't really, it's hard, it's hard to think about those things when you're so, um, so new to it. But for me personally, um, if I was going to give, uh, someone advice in that situation, I I don't know. I think you did the right thing, honestly. And I understand that if I had asked the question to my parents, I said, "Hey, uh this whatever thing, I would rather be doing this." Um I don't know. I just I I really I really don't know. I'd like I would I would like to think I would like to think that um, well, I guess the first thing is that you have your best your son's best interests at heart. So if you're smart enough you now jet, I'm talking to you, if you're smart enough to be an engineer and you put that work in and then your junior year, you're so you're so close to the end there. Um, in your junior year, it's like just finish it finish it, you know, uh, you, either you or your parents, or maybe you got a scholarship, but you spent the money to get there and get the best education you possibly could. So, and this is coming from someone that did the music thing, did, did go to music school and is in that world. But if you, I I don't think, I don't think I could have done what you're doing. I don't think I had, um, I never put the, that kind of effort in to become a lawyer or a doctor or an engineer. Like, we need you. We need you. We need people that are so smart to continue to do those to, to do these really difficult jobs because you're smarter than everyone else. Um, and you have I'm sure you have a talent for it. But with that said, I agree with Sangita here. Um, finish it out. Maybe, maybe what Jet wanted to hear was that: Listen, you've come so far. You've you've got. You're not going to change your major now. That would be ridiculous. Finish it out, and then after you, you're done, see what this job. You got a job. See what the job does. If you hate it, you know you can't go through. You can't go through life hating what you're doing. I believe, and I know so many people do it because. Because of financial reasons and you get and you get stuck in a certain place, or you're in this job and you don't feel like you can get out, or you live in an apartment with somebody and and it, it's too hard and it's too expensive to leave or move out or whatever. You know, there's so many reasons to stick it out in what you're doing until you break, until you're miserable. Um I think that what you're doing is smart or what you did is smart is graduate with your engineering degree because you're, you're, they can't take that away from you. They can't. I didn't graduate from, uh, from Berkeley. And it's one of those things that I regret. I, t- I stopped and left to go do, to go follow my passion and do what I wanted to do. That's a whole other kind of conversation with music school and whether it's worth it or, it's, you know, I don't feel, I feel like the things that I've accomplished I've accomplished them after I left Berkeley, and I wish I started doing what I'm doing um, before I even went to college, but I just wasn't the same person back then that I am now. You change, and maybe you go work that job, and you say, all right, I'm kind of into this. This is cool. I'm making some money. I can go out. I can, you know, I can date. I can go hang out with my friends. I can, I can afford things. Being able to afford stuff when you're 22, you know, however old you are, it's a bit, it's like, you know, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good thing. Most people, can't get out there they're struggling for a job say if you got you know I don't know whatever degree you're trying to be a teacher and and you find out that there aren't as many openings as there there was or the pay isn't going to be as good as they told me when I went to get this degree and I bet it might be that way in engineering I don't really know much about it but you know college has a way of making things sound like when you get out of here everything's going to be at your your feet and it's going to be incredible and you're going to make all this money back and it's going to be so worth it that you paid all this money for, for uh, you know, it's going, to, it's going to be fine that you're in this student debt now because you're going to make so much money, you're going to be able to pay it back. But that's not the case that most people are in or the situation that most people are in. So ha- you have your degree. They can't take it away from you. You already did it. You already got the piece of paper. Now you got a great job or a starting job, whatever it is. You get some uh, experience. And make sure if you really think that music is a passion and you really want to go for it, then you do it when you get home. You do it every single day. You do it until you can say, you know what, this is what I want to do full-time. Or if you don't think that where you live, which is a big factor in it, if uh, you think you need to move to New York or you think you need to move to Nashville to do what you need to do, or if you think what you're doing is fine and you can figure out some opportunities, the whole thing is to just network, keep doing work, keep putting together stuff where you can say, hey, check this out. This is my stuff. Hey, here it is. Oh, I'm at my engineering job. Oh, do you hear what Jet is doing? Check out this this tune that he has. This, This is great. Jet, this is what you should be doing. You know, you you figure it out. I don't really subscribe to the... And you can listen to my episode with Eric Eric Hutchinson, which is kind of funny because this week is with Kristen Hutchinson. Not related. But my conversation with him was interesting because he also, like me, doesn't subscribe to the whole struggling musician thing. Um, I know there's a lot of artists out there that um, they just... You know they put themselves out there in a certain way, and I'm not. I'm trying. I'm not judging anyone for uh, what they're doing. But what I'm trying to say is, I, w- l- I like to present myself well. I like to get up and you know look, get out of bed, look decent, and, and try and try hard every day and be professional. I don't like the idea of you know a musician being an asshole and and uh, you know saying oh fuck this it's rock and roll. Not into that. So, what I would say is use your smarts to your advantage. That's really it. And your mom supports you completely. She totally supports you. She's just nervous that you're going to... You, I mean, you already got the piece of paper. So, she's just nervous that you're going to stop and ruin all this progress that you'd made and squander everything that you worked for in school and then go do something that there's no guarantee that it's going to work out. The only guarantee is the work that you put into it. Um, so that's really all I can say about that kind of thing. Uh, don't be, you know. Of course, of course, you want mom or dad to say, say the exact, say what you want to hear. Hey, Jet, I think it's cool if you drop out of school and, you know, hang out, watch TV and, and uh, make beats and, you know, who knows what's going to happen. But they want to make sure that when they're gone, you're going to be all right. And I think that is, um, I think that's the main reason for, for mom's answer. Which is completely understandable. Completely understandable you have to you have to set up your kids for success um, and give them give them the tools to be able to go forward and be independent It's really all about independence I mean I was so I was not independent for too long for way too long um, and you know there's still there's still things that i that I am not independent with and it's stuff it's stuff that I work on all the time but if you put in work every single day and you make lists and you cross off things on that list and you just think like, all right, what do I need to do? What is going to get me further? Who do I need to talk to? What do I have to do? Um, I mean, the answer is work your job, make your money, support yourself, and then go out and, and do your passion at that night or, or you know whenever, whenever you have the time to do it. Don't go home. And say, oh, I'm tired. I don't want to do that. It's like, I'm I'm just like, I don't have any energy. Find the energy. Find it. Because the longer you let things go by, and the longer you don't follow your passion, the more you'll regret it. Right now, getting a degree in college is great. You're young. You can figure it out. It's It's only, it's, it's I mean, even for myself, like, I'm just trying, I'm trying to get into a little video stuff. I don't feel like it's too late. I'm not, I'm not old, but I'm definitely not young for the music industry. Um, but yeah, that's my, that's my advice. Um, you know, I've definitely been, uh, been on the receiving end of family, not my, uh, not my, um, uh, immediate family, but I've definitely been on the receiving end of family being like, Oh, so, um, so you just go out and play shows and, and you do that. So, how's that going? And they worry about you. They're worried. Like, I've had family like worried about me about stuff like that. And that's complete. Like, I get it. I get it. But what they don't understand is your drive, it is your willingness to sacrifice other things to do something that's going to make you happy. And I think that's the most important part in this world and the way that it is you need to be financially stable you need to figure things out if you're going to have a family or um, or you know whatever if you're going to have your own your own apartment you want a car things cost money there's there's really no no other way around it and you have to deal with people that you don't want to deal with but if you find the things that make you happy then it's all worth it it makes it worth it honestly when i sit down and i get lazy and I, don't, um, and I don't create, and I don't write, and I don't do the podcast, or I don't uh, work on a new song or something like that. I don't, it'll creep up on me, or just one day, man, I just don't feel right. I feel just kind of lethargic, a little sad, maybe just, I don't know, I don't know what's wrong. And then I put the computer on or put a guitar on or I sit behind the drums and I just play and I'm like, that, that was it that that's what I needed. So if that's your passion, stick with it. And if it makes sense to do that and only that, then it makes sense to do that and only that, but don't, don't force anything. You don't need to force anything. Uh, That's a big mistake too, because a lot of people will, they will move on from say their day job or, or they'll move on from, uh, from whatever they're doing too soon and dump themselves when into into a new situation to their passion when they're not completely ready and and that that climb while it's possible and you know, people do it all the time they immerse themselves in what they're doing and I understand that and artists if you're a if you're being a, a, like a hired guy artists want to work with other people that are a hundred percent in it and want to be in it and they don't necessarily think about this other, their per- this person that they're hiring, their expenses or whatever. So the biggest thing is to be passionate and, you know, just, um, just be smart. Just be smart. If you're smart, you'll, you'll be fine. Um, but yeah, but yeah, that uphill climb just from you know, say you come out of high school and <clears throat> you don't wanna to go to college, but you don't wanna get a day job and you wanna to move to Nashville and you wanna just play at the bars and, and maybe maybe like be a bar back or something and and that climb, man, you gotta um, you gotta really, really, really A be practicing every day and really have your shit together. If if that's the route you wanna take, that's I mean Nobody who, and this is, you know, this is not a judgment on, on, on you jet or or whatever. I've never heard, heard your play or heard your stuff, but, um, I'll use me for an example. So when I first came out of Berkeley, I was not prepared to play a big venue with a big band, a big band. I was an overplaying drummer. I, um, did not write great charts. I didn't practice. I wasn't. I wasn't that kind of student. I wasn't like that. And it took me a long time to learn that kind of thing. And now, you you know the work that it takes. So it's all about putting in the work, doing what you need to do to uh, um, to just constantly, consistently put yourself forward. And also knowing that you're going to have to do it yourself, and you're going to have to make your own opportunities. And there's not going to be this this person that signs you that's going to that's change your life. You are the one that's going to change your life. And you meet people and you have teams around you, people around you that, that help uh, build you up and that help you in whatever you're doing. But you're the one that's going to have to make things work because you need ownership of all the things that you're doing. Because if someone else owns a piece of it, they're the ones that are going to be buying the sports car. Anyway, so I hope that answers the question. I kind of just ranted on and on about that. Uh, but thanks for emailing in Sangita. I appreciate it. That's, that's something that, um, that's a really great topic and a lot of people go through and it's the cause of a lot of stress between, um, you know, children and their parents and and families and stuff. And I think that you have a smart kid and he's going to figure it out, um, you know, maybe every once in a while, ask him how the music's going. And that's about it. Uh, but he'll figure it out. He really will. If I figure it out, I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> um, so, what else? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be having uh, another... Um, so, I'm going to be posting some more stuff on Patreon. If you're a listener and you haven't checked out the Patreon page, I'm going to be posting some more stuff... Get in there, help support the podcast, help support me. It's patreon.com slash after the gig this Thursday, which is two days from right now. I don't know when you're going to listen to this, but uh, Thursday, the, was it the 18th, the 18th, I will be live streaming on Facebook on my personal page, facebook.com slash Jesse Humphrey, 8 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, I'll be there playing some tunes, talking with you guys. I got some other podcasts in the works um, for some interviews that I'm doing. So there's a lot of stuff happening, you know, even the quarantine times. Go back to the last episode and check out the uh, excerpts that I was reading about in my my professor from Berkeley's book, Black Notes, all about um, black history in the music industry and in America in general. Really, really great stuff in there. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode with Kristen Hutchinson. It was really, really great to get um, some perspective on the social media and and just kind of ways to do it and um, her life and what she's been through. It was really, really great to have Kristen, and she's really awesome, super positive, super energetic. And I hope you enjoy the podcast. I will see you later. Make sure you stick around for the music.
1: Bye. I'm going to tell you yeah, about the story, oh, I've been wanting, I've been I'm longing, I'm longing, I ain't worried, I ain't worried, I am not worry. Oh, worry, don't you worry, oh, man.
0: I can see it. I can see it's working. Um, but yeah, so what are you trying to do with the brand that you're so trying like, to get? So like,
2: just with, with like, just kind of like, so I do the comedy, and yeah. then I'm trying to write a book. So then I'm just really trying to build a brand of, um, like, a personal brand of connection with people, and sh- spur, you know, sharing information with a comedic, you know, point of view. Right. So it's kind of like I kind of consider myself a comedic storyteller mm-hmm. who's trying to like inspire and motivate people, but like tap into their own individuality but with a humorous side to it kind of so that's what i'm kind of like working on is
0: the book like when did you start writing the book
2: it's been in my head for like i have like numerous books in my head so now i'm just trying to have you
0: started it? yeah i have
2: it outlined so that's like then like in my little side thing so now i've been writing a lot more of the comedy because i've been doing a lot more like open mics and stuff like that okay and now i'm really trying to focus on trying to get the the words on paper
0: yeah writing a book to me the idea like i have a friend of mine that's writing a book right now and and it was supposed to be out like
2: a year ago (laughs) yeah like a
0: year ago and and everyone's already like paid for it and everything oh really but it's one of those things where he it was like really he was releasing an album at the Mm -hmm. same time right so he was trying to release the book at the same time but had never written a book before and did not realize like
1: time
2: consuming the
0: undertaking it was and the things he wrote like You know, it wasn't as good as he as he thought it would be, but Mm -hmm. he's had editors and everything that are making it better. Right, but it's like for me, like it's a it's a feat to like read a whole book. You
2: know, I don't (laughs) want to. That's the thing. I'm the same.
0: Just because of time, I love to read, but it's like sometimes I don't have all the time in the world. You know,
2: right? I'm uh, the same way. Like, I'm not trying to write like an amazing novel that's going to be 500 pages. I'm trying to just write like a simple, like easy breezy, like 100, yeah, 120, 120 pages page. yeah. written very simplistically the way I talk yeah. that people can kind of like, oh, shit, that's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Why didn't I, you know what I mean? That's, that's an easy. So it's kind of more of like a semi autobiographical, my view of life from being a bartender, you know, growing up in Boston, a mom, wife, just life experiences and just kind of some how I've tapped into things because, you know, I don't drink. And you don't drink? No, I don't drink, smoke, do anything. I'm 100 yeah. percent natural, and um, I always say people always look at me at work and go, "Hey, um, how did you do it? Like, did you go to meetings?" And I'm always like, "Oh no, and, like, I don't like have a drinking problem. I just have like an attitude problem. Like, I don't have a filter. It's just been something that I've yeah. always had.
1: Yeah. And
2: um, I'm pretty brutally honest with alcohol. It's mm-hmm. just. Doesn't really agree with my personality, and I was lucky, right. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky to learn that at a young age, mm-hmm. and um, so I, I kind of think it prevented me from a lot of mistakes. Because I always say, like, we always make our best decisions when we're drunk. Yeah, you no, know, not not at all. You know, yeah, no. totally. And so, so I'm like, oh, wait, it's like you don't. No, no. <laughs> so, so to me, that's kind of like a, it's like a little trick of mine, and then it's just kind of like, and then you have to kind of really face your stuff. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, for me. A lot of times, with a lot of the lessons that I have, I think could easily, like a lot of people could be like, oh, wow, that's a really simple concept. Like,
1: yeah. You know, because no, it it's totally consequences to
2: actions and decisions. So, um, and just society in general has a really big problem with um, blaming, complaining, and really being miserable. So mm-hmm. that's why I like the comedy, because it's kind of like my way to kind of, after dealing with people on a nightly basis when I have to sometimes hold it and i can kind of get on stage and kind of like
0: and let it out yeah can yeah. we just talk
2: about how everyone's full of shit?
0: how much of your material is like based around stuff that's happened at the bar
2: um i have a large percentage of it mm-hmm. but i just think just life in general because okay. i just talk to so many people on a nightly basis just even about life yeah so just things i don't know i'm very like observational so for me i just walk down to the supermarket and i'll watch a kid having a fit yeah. And that's right in my head. Like that goes yeah, into it's my like, show.
0: What can this? What can right. this be?
2: You know, because um, we're just in a different time. Like yeah. you know, I'm like I'm in like my late forties, and so I kind of think when I look at other, you are late forties. Yeah, I'm like 48. Oh my god! And so I think wow. a lot of times people think I'm younger than I am. Yeah. And so then um, I think when I'm bartending or when I'm in environments, I think people try to complain or something and i'm like wait can i just explain to you like this is nothing you know or we've been through this this and this you know chill out yeah. So, like when a kid goes oh there was a really great documentary on the 70s and 80s you should watch it. i'm like i I was there i don't have to i can actually tell you the truth so um
0: i saw it in full color and 3d and everything
2: (laughs) exactly so so and i also think that's another thing too like with um depression and mental health we have a lot of talk about that lately yeah and i'm like and i don't really think we talk about mental toughness because back when i grew up mental toughness was kind of like something that you kind of had because yeah it was you know people were as each other Did you have had, siblings um yeah i had two sisters
0: you had two sisters yeah and
2: i grew up in um a single family home okay and so One of my biggest stories I always tell is like when I was young, we lived in like a really nice neighborhood. And then when my parents got divorced we had to move to like Somerville.
0: And in the Uh. (laughs) seventies
2: Somerville was called Slummerville. Really? Yeah. it wasn't like it is now. I didn't
0: move here until two thousand and seven. So I grew up in in Cranston, Rhode Island Mm and you know, it was just suburbs and stuff, but I I had no concept of what Boston was like before. Mm -hmm. We used to come up here to go to Red Sox games and drive in and that's when Fenway was just
2: CD so You know you had tar- the rat cellar You didn't and, want to yes, be around yes, there yes, And now yes. it's amazing mm-hmm. um, And that's how Somerville was So to me yeah. um, It had a reputation
0: mm-hmm.
1: And
2: so a lot of parents Wouldn't want their kids To come to Somerville mm-hmm. It hmm They thought it was so bad, but it was really just like a working class neighborhood, but people honest, loyal and real. I mean, you know, people had a little bit of toughness to them, but I'm so happy I got that experience because it really shaped me as a young person. And it made me realize at a young age that people were going to judge you where you're from. So that kind of just took that pressure off because like once you're like, yeah, who cares? You just like you don't have that pressure trying to like appease people. Okay. and so that just kind of and my mom was really the type of mom that she was raising three daughters and she really wanted us to. Um. You know experience life and and be ourselves mm-hmm. so she was really nurturing and she had strong morals but at the same time she wanted you to kind of like make your own decisions
0: yeah do your own thing
2: and so i kind of really learned how to tap into my gut at a young age and i had a very challenging personality i, I always joke yeah. that they probably might have medicated me today <laughs> <I would laughs> were you the ballbuster? Huh?
0: were you the ball buster or were your um, sisters the ball busters or a little bit of everything
2: i'm like i was the tomboy okay. so i was the one that was very challenging and had a lot of energy but okay. i was also like a good kid too yeah totally um, but i just was always trying things you know what i mean my mm. mother would be just like i always joke um she would always say watch the beat of your own drum you know be an individual and i'd be like the type of kid would come up two different colored sneakers and she'd be like oh
0: that's not what i meant and and
2: she just let me go to school because she wouldn't want to like you know like you know hurt my soul so be like go ahead if you can handle the heat so um so i just really like learned how to tap into like who i am at a young age and i really made me learn to have a gut instinct and um that's kind of how i i started my life and it kind of has taken me through my life i don't take any crap so a lot of times some people um I think a lot of women today and people in general just don't know how to stand up for themselves. Mm-hmm. And I'm all about being a kind person, but at the, at the same time, I don't get stepped on. Yeah. And I think there's a fine tune of doing that. And I think that's where a lot of people get confused. So a lot of times when I'm talking to girls at the bar, I'm like, Hmm, you think this is tough yeah i could tell you some stories about when i was growing up like what's well, tough you no know? do they
0: listen or are they like uh, yeah, oh, yeah like, really yeah.
2: oh i didn't know it was like that sh- that show was on that mm-hmm. and i'm like yeah i'm like go back and like and that's why i think it's really important to kind of take a step back sometimes so on stage i try to use um i try to bring the 70s 80s and 90s sometimes yeah. and then to now to kind of give people a, like ooh, and then some
0: perspective right on, like, so what's maybe going a young on?
2: right so then maybe a young person will go home and be like oh
0: yeah 'Cause a lot of it like my wife and I were talking a couple of days ago about like, you know, are things just like so bad now, or is it just because we see everything the moment it all happens on our phones? You know?
2: I agree that we were having we had that conversation at my house all the time with my when my dad's over, he's always like, It's so <laughs> it's so bad it you know? feels so bad and, it and, really
0: does and i, mean. and
2: I think anything we can say that with anything like look at social media there's so many people will say social yeah. media is awful like we're so we're so unconnected but yes and no because social media can also be a connector mm-hmm. you know you can have the opportunity to meet somebody across the country that you would never have been able to you know meet years ago yeah so i just think that a lot of times i think we just get too much information too quickly yeah and i think that we don't know how to regulate it ourselves and i think sometimes as people we have yeah. to learn to be like hey you know what uh, this is going to be a bad thing that happened today and they're just going to talk about it nonstop. I'm just going to shut it down for the day because it's just going to get into my into my psyche.
1: Right, right.
2: And for me, um what well,
0: stresses you out? I mean, mm-hmm. it's like it, it, I think the challenge a lot of the challenge is to like put the phone down. Like mm-hmm. just don't go. I'm I'm so guilty of it <laughs> we all, all, all the time. <laughs> like calls your name. <laughs> yeah, I see the thing light up. I'm like, "Huh?" Yeah, you know, I'm like a, it's it's bad. It's so bad. I've been I've been consciously trying to chill it out
2: i literally had a customer the other day and he was like hey can you charge my iphone i'm like sure and he was by himself and he was having
0: well that's a classic thing when i was bartending everyone was like you gotta charge you gotta charge right (laughs) it's like no i'm charging my phone yeah so i
2: charged his phone he kept looking at me he's like is it done yet he goes i don't know what to do i go i know is that crazy that we don't know what to do like you're sitting in the window look out the window yeah i'm here let's talk you know what i mean i'm like we are so like lost sometimes that we Mm -hmm. have to just kind of like just we have to just be our own barometer sometimes and just kind of like hit ourselves in the head and be like hey yeah i'm a human so uh and i sometimes
0: i feel weird because i'll be quiet like i'll just sit there and look around and just kind of like observe my surroundings Mm -hmm. and 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 then I feel weird because everyone's on their phone and I'm like, this. On, I'm like, you feel like the only person in the room.
2: It's crazy. Yeah, it's, I funny, it's funny It's because like, I, I do this joke too because um, I homeschool my son in high school, right? Okay. And uh, he has some learning issues. So for me, I decided it wasn't the right fit for him. He's how more old creative. is your, how old's your son? He's 16.
0: He's 16?
2: Yeah, and so cool. it's kind of funny. This goes back to like doing your own thing. Yeah. So when you say your kid doesn't go to high school, people like lose it they can't understand it because really? they're so programmed to just do the system you yeah. know what i mean i call it the book of bullshit because it's basically like everybody <laughs> <laughs> we made it up <laughs> everybody's on it we made and, it and, and up and we, i don't know how they all get a copy of it but they all get in the system and so um i'm kind of against it so um so i just had a talk with my teachers i said i think we're gonna do something different i just don't think yeah. this is the right fit for him and um i'd really like him to just kind of explore his creativity and we'll figure it out and people go oh, what about socialization and I don't know if you've ever been to a Starbucks when there's like ten like teenage kids in there. Yeah. they're not talking to each other. They're no, all no, no. on like TikTok or whatever these apps are. Like TikTok. Like they're like talking like, and they re, they refilm it like ten times till it's perfect. And yeah. I was sitting there having coffee one day, just looking around, and I'm like. Um, so I have a joke. I'm like, yeah, um, don't worry. We have a class for social media on Wednesdays. It's like he can learn how to like hate yeah. me and just be on his phone all the time. Yeah. And, uh, it's just, it's just my way of laughing at it because it really is hard for people when you do something differently.
0: Well, it's funny because of the age discrepancies. Cause I go to the, I go to the Starbucks down here on Needham street mm-hmm. a lot. And it's like, if you go, I call it the wrong time to go. But if you go at this particular time, all like the girls from the ballet school, Hmm are in there like getting all their drinks and you, you're behind them and they take forever and everything but they're all like at that age they're all having fun they're all talking to each other they have phones mm-hmm. but they're not like completely obsessed with mm-hmm. it my niece i think she's 11 11 or 12 completely upset like she told me that social media is her life and i told her i was like listen we need to sit down and have a chat for a second because if that's your life mm-hmm. you're gonna be disappointed a lot yeah, you know. I
2: think I think it kind of robs certain things in a way because I have I have nieces that are um, two of my nieces are going off to college like they're both in college mm-hmm. and I kind of grew up with them and I kind of watched the progression of the different teenage phases and stuff yeah. and then um, I have my son who's sixteen and then I have my little sister's kids that are really little okay and I look at my nieces that are in college and I can remember when phones really started getting popular we'd be at a barbecue and all of a sudden like the blip would come up and mm-hmm. you see everybody's at a party without you and like the mood just changes and I'm like listen I'm like. <laughs> you're at a party with your own family and friends. Like who cares where everybody is? And I think that's one thing that I think that kind of, you have to as a parent, try to like talk to your kids about how to like regulate a little bit because back if we got something at Christmas time and we didn't get a lot of gifts, you wouldn't really know because by the time you got back to school, Christmas vacation was like a week ago and nobody was really talking about what they got. You know what I mean? Now it's like as soon as they open their Christmas gifts or whatever, the blips come right up. Like, we're going to Hawaii. And you're like, oh, all I got was like a new iPhone. And it's like, oh my. So it kind of rocks people sometimes. You know what I mean? So, And it's funny because like my son, he has a phone. He has an iPad, but he's not really into social media. Mm-hmm. And uh, he kind of, and I'm—I don't know how it happened. It's just how he is. And then I'm like, I'm kind of ridiculous. I'm like, you know, doing my Instagram posts and whatever, just because of like yeah. trying to like connect and build something. You have to kind of put a little time yeah. into it. Yeah, um, I get but obsessed it's so, with it. <laughs> yeah. and he's—he's he's kind of funny. So it's kind of interesting. But I think what's really interesting is even the younger kids now because mm. they all watch YouTube. Mm. And you know we grew up with like saturday morning cartoons and stuff like that and
0: and it's just a different version of it
2: right and now but it's like and but a lot of times like these kids are observing like they're watching they're Mm -hmm. not they're not doing you know and i think that's what to me i think is kind of interesting right they'll watch a kid open toys
0: watch that
2: so (laughs) and they'll watch i just found out (laughs)
0: about that the kids are watching other kids open toys i understand like the watching kids play video games because if you want to learn how to like get to the i I like to play video games you want to learn how to get to the next level you're You're at at a Mm -hmm. roadblock. You watch this kid do it, Mm -hmm. but it's like I don't understand the fascination with watching kids open toys. And I
2: think I think also too is that um we don't like let let people fail. In today's mm. society too. Mm. So I think the watching the, the video games and some of these things that we're seeing is what is kind of making people want to only be they only want to do it good or well, the best. Yeah, well you know? it's this an
0: infatuation so, with perfection. Correct. So they see everyone posts all the great stuff, yeah, all the yeah, perfect yeah. stuff. And and girls especially, they mm. see these beautiful mm-hmm. girls that are, you know, picture perfect makeup, they're whatever. And they think that's how they have to be mm-hmm. and that's how it is. And it's not. Yeah. And you know. so I
2: I kind of grew up You make up like, your own good time. Correct. And I kind of grew up with like when you had to, f- like, you know, you failed and it was like, okay. And you just learned how to like, you know, you kind of like learn how to fight through it. So yeah. I'm kind of, there's certain things that I think are pluses and minuses to the way it was and the way it is. And mm-hmm. I think if you can kind of mend the two a little bit, mm-hmm. and I think that's what I try to, that's what I try to do with my, when I'm bartending, connecting with people yeah. or when I'm on stage or what I'm trying to write to mm-hmm. try to give out to the masses. Because I think if you can kind of tap into some of these things, I think both can be they both can be beneficial yeah um i just don't think you need to do it all one way or the other way i just think that we need to kind of get off that one size fits all and i'm trying to get back to like it's okay to have a little bit difference and a little yeah. bit of individuality which we're kind of like we're kind of pushing everybody into a box and yeah. i and i just i hate it's boxes boring. it's so boring i'm boring. like and i and i that's why i kind of like real talk and that's what i try to bring and people a lot of times when i connect with people at the bar they're like oh, you know that's so refreshing it's like it's yeah. just a real conversation yeah
0: because it's so out of the, it's so out of the blue <laughs> yeah. people don't talk like that anymore no. you know yeah, exactly. it's nice it's nice when when you get that is your son into your comedy does, does yeah, he like well, comedy um, in general
2: yeah he's fine he loves comedy he can he uh, has a really great comedic personality and he loves sketch comedy and okay. he'll be the type of kid that just walk around and just like do whole john mulaney skits in front of me oh, and, yeah. and 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 i and like sometimes he introduces me to people that I didn't even I wasn't even really familiar with. Mm-hmm. And um and but he's funny, he'll say, um, oh, your comedy's a little bit controversial. You know, because he's kinda <laughs> <laughs> You know, for sixteen Those are hard joke. Yeah, he's like sixteen, he's a little bit uh he's he's a he's a really kind of polite kid and I'm yeah, I'm kind of I'm kinda crazy and I swear a lot and I just say whatever comes to mind and yeah. like oh, you're a little bold. You know, and I'm like, that's fine. Like <laughs> but he's just really enjoyable. So it's like, listen, kid, get over. <laughs> it. Yeah, but so I'll run myself by and sometimes it goes i like where that's going you know like he kind of listens to it sometimes when we're in the car together yeah and then um sometimes he'll tell me what he would say if he was on stage so like i'm kind of like hey you should really like write some stuff because i actually just saw like a teenage kid the other night at a show that i did and uh mm-hmm. he was great and he's like 15 his parents drive him everywhere and i'm like i thought that was pretty cool to see parents like supporting like yeah it's oh, cool yeah. to see parents supporting creativity
0: what kind of spots do you go to
2: um so i do like um some open mics a lot of times in the north shore because i live mm-hmm. in i live out that way so um i oh, live that far i I live in stoneham
0: oh yeah well, it's like 15
2: out of boston thanks
0: for making the drive nah,
2: somebody did <laughs> and uh so i there's a lot of them up that way so tonight i'm doing one in middleton and okay. i'm actually emceeing tonight so awesome. that'll be kind of fun
1: that'll be really so that'll cool. be my first
2: night getting to actually like run the whole room yeah and um you know you, you just kind of have fun with it and uh i just love seeing different people's um ways of approaching comedy you know i just think at this point in time in life you know it feeds mm-hmm. the soul and it kind of makes you be able to deal with like tougher things yeah so a- absolutely. so tonight i i'm really i like to just see some people come up with like one-liners and there's like some people that have a dark side and there's mm-hmm. some people that are like you know do like impressions so yeah, like the I really, really
0: dry people yeah are, um, and i just yeah. really i
2: just it's kind of a fun night and um it's a great way to kind of learn how to you know connect to a crowd um speaking is like an ultimate goal of mine so it's a great this is a great training ground like if you can stand up in front of people and tell your own stories and personal jokes is we're good at it yeah and you get good at it (laughs) i think uh if you can be a speaker that has a comedic a way to kind of approach life i think it's a little bit more interesting than just listening to people how i'm so great because i uh i accomplish these all these amazing things If you can say hey i hit some shit you know along the way yeah, and i kind of learned yeah. how to get over it people yeah. are like oh great you know yeah. maybe tomorrow i so be cleaned up me. my kids shit today so <laughs> <laughs> exactly that, exactly i haven't
0: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> i've been trying to actually i was i was writing down a couple of uh i was on the road and i listened to a lot of stand-up comedy mm-hmm. like tom segura is one of my favorites okay. i love christina p and um john Mulaney. you know it, it, all all like the classics but I, let me i want to know what you think of this uh <laughs> This joke that I wrote down. It's not actually a joke. It's okay. just like an idea for okay, a yeah. joke. I don't, I don't know if it's... Uh, and I can see you're, you're like, oh, Jesus. No, no, no. Oh, Jesus. Um, oh, I was noticing... <laughs> I was driving through Wyoming, and mm-hmm. there was a bunch of cows grazing in a field. Right. And the in the field that they were grazing, there was a billboard for, like, a steakhouse. <laughs> and I just thought it was...
2: <laughs> yeah, you like, like, you should just take that whole I was like, like I wonder if they recognize...
0: <laughs> their buddy from the billboard that was one i like that that's you know very start uh let me read this before i even say it uh oh it's like the moment when you see someone that you haven't seen in a long time and they're like do i know you from somewhere everyone always has the same exact body language when they have that moment yeah they immediately cross their arms and put their hands on their chin, <laughs>
2: like the thinker.
0: They're like, um, with their hands on their chin, and they think about it. I thought that was funny because I, I
2: think that's funny too. I
0: witnessed that happen. The I, it happens
2: to my husband all the time because he's not good with names, and, yeah. he, and he's like, and yeah. he knows like the face, and he does, like,
0: oh, yeah. I think I know that person. These are just setups.
2: I, 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 pre- I like them. So if you yeah. want them, yeah, I think yours. they're good. It's funny because, um, <laughs> and that's the thing I think that you learn about, um, what I've been learning about comedy because, um, I didn't take a class or anything. I just one day looked at my husband, said, "I'm going to do comedy," and he looked at me, mm-hmm. goes. What are you talking about? You know, you thought I was crazy. And I was like, you Was know that
0: what? always the aspiration? Like, did I, you always uh, want to do comedy? Did you always, were you always in the bar? Did you have another career?
1: Um,
2: I acted when I was a younger kid. And you I, always thought, okay. I always thought I wanted to be an actress. And then uh, at 22, I packed up all my stuff and moved to New York.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. And
2: then I, I did like the couch hopping thing and like yep. working in restaurants in New York. But in the 90s, it was a little bit different. And, uh, you know you just kind of sit back and i watch the situation i'm like you know what this is a tough business and it's you know i have i have a way that i kind of approach things and mm-hmm. um i didn't think it was going to be the right thing for my my mental state at the time because it just like it's a lot of you know just bullshit.
1: yeah and i was it's like you is. know what
2: i have to just decide like i don't want to really like i don't want to be the sexy girl with like my boobs hanging out it yeah. was like the 90s it was a lot of like that everything was like tits and ass back then i was like that's yeah. not what i want to do and so i was you know smart enough to realize that it wasn't really probably the right fit at this point in time. Yeah, And then my husband and I started dating long distance back to Boston, and I was from Boston originally, so I took a chance and he on lived
0: And he lived here. He lived here, so York, I yeah.
2: took a chance on the guy, mm-hmm. and it uh, wound up being okay, because we've been together for like 24 years, so I guess I, I made the right choice there.
0: <laughs> 24 years, how does that work? <laughs> yeah,
2: it works good, I do joke about that on stage a lot of times, too, because we actually like each other. Yeah. And marriage is getting a really bad rap in this, in this day and age, and I just course, think that yeah. it's really confusing, because
0: there's all these other options, now. Right,
2: right, exactly. Yeah. So I always say, uh, you know, he works days, I work nights, so we really look forward to seeing each other. So we'll be married forever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I always say uh, he's the king and I'm the queen, so we rule the world together. Like I'm yeah. not I'm not a princess and I'm, like waiting for a man to fix everything. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, we're kind of a team. So, oh, I, I, think like- I I think
0: I <laughs> I saw it on a YouTube, uh, one of your YouTube oh. things.
2: Yeah, so I do a little I, do, I, like that I bring bet. that up a little bit just because um I just want people to understand that, like, you know, marriage isn't always bad. It's very easy. So many comedians just, it's like, it's either men suck or women suck or marriage sucks. And this is awful. Why would we have to do this for ourselves? Well, it's all these,
0: like, polarized ideas, Mm -hmm. you know, to get the, to exaggerate. Right. You know, to get the the biggest rise. I mean, I've (laughs) only been married. I I only, we only have like two years. Mm -hmm. So two, two and a couple of months. So it's, I think it's great. I think it's the best thing ever. Yeah, I think if you know? I think
2: it's all about choices, and uh, yeah. you marry the well,
0: right who, person, who you marry you the right person. Exactly, who you choose is a big <laughs> is a big deal, and also like um, just the idea of understanding that person mm-hmm. and not under and not trying to.
2: Make, make them, what you make want them be.
0: the person that mm-hmm. you think they should be
2: correct and i and that's you know? what i always say and i think also um so i have a lot of a lot, that's a lot of the stuff that i talk about when i'm on stage too it's just because it's something that um i want people to learn more how to connect and like enjoy their partner or make better you know make a better choice so right. maybe if they see my show they might be like oh yeah he sucks, and it's not gonna change if I get a ring. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah. a lot of times people think like, "Oh, so if many we get married get... or we live together, it's gonna change." It's like no. no either you not. like him or you like her. Like, if you're a man likes to watch football all day long on Sunday, let me tell you something. When you get married, he's gonna watch football all day on Sunday, and you yeah. have to understand that, and you have to either accept it or yeah. not accept it. And if you're a woman likes to shop and she wants to get her nails and all that stuff done, when you get married, that's what she's yeah. gonna do. Tom, <laughs> so, Tom <laughs>
0: Segura has a great bit about that. He's Like, I, you know, marriage, marriage is great and dating is so fun. You put on the best version of yourself. And then when you get married, you look at each other and say, can we cut this shit out now? (laughs) Because I've had to fart for about 12 years.
1: (laughs) That's a good bit. That's a good bit. Yeah. You know, so it's like,
0: it's just those things. And I don't know now, now those little things, Mm -hmm. all the stuff that you hide when you're, when you're dating and and all that stuff, those, that's the fun stuff. Yeah. That's, that's like where all the good stuff is at.
2: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, I mean, I just kind of draw from, um, so acting was originally what I wanted to do. Then I, I came back and then I got into bartending and then I raised my son for like the past 16 years and, uh, you know, I'm family, build my foundation and then just last year You should year, have
0: taken some years off from that in the middle.
2: <laughs> I know. And then it's just like I kinda got the itch like last year and I, I really kinda was like, you know, okay, I've been bartending for like twenty something years. Mm-hmm. Um I'm, on, I'm it's time for me to think about what I'm gonna do next. Yep. And um just talking to people is something that's really something I wanna do. And I was sitting down like reading all these articles, like hey, how do you get, how do you become a public speaker? How do you do this? How do mm. you do that? And someone was like, I did everything. I did toastmasters and I did comedy I was like huh comedy Who? they give you a microphone you know what yeah. I mean so that's kind of how I fell it's into it it's a weapon it. in itself <laughs> exactly so um I kind of that's why I just kind of jumped in and um I'm just doing my work and putting my reps in and and learning and uh you know I go back and I, I videotape and I'll watch it and say okay how can I get better next time or you know because I'm more of a storyteller I'm yeah. not really the like the joke teller yeah, yeah yeah, um so that's kind of a little bit harder on those five minute sets so I'm, that's what I'm kind of working on learning how to kind of like
0: just rolling through stories yeah rolling and- through stuff
2: and to see what <laughs> connects with the crowd. Out and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just been a really, really um, fun thing to be doing and i'm just writing a lot now and just trying to get all those thoughts that have been in my head for like the past yeah you know like get all the out. experience i've had and all the things i've been doing and now it's just kind of time for mom to get her groove back and do her <laughs> thing you know? i'm like there's no age limit on life and that's another thing that i think i try to explain to people because well, there is <laughs> i'm an age die. limit on life but uh no age <laughs> limit on dreams i should say or, or right. going after what you want to do and i think that's a lot right. of people don't realize that they'll say oh well i'm already married or i'm a mom like yeah. i can't do that now and i'm like why, why can't you
1: yeah
0: you know? i've been struggling with that like i you know i i have been a sideman like a, a drummer mm-hmm. for bands and stuff for so many years and and then you know now i'm i'm working on my solo set and doing that and now i'm starting to feel like man am i just like do i just not have like mm-hmm. do i not have this or it's easy to, like
2: it's, to like it's, get easy, your own it's head. easy to yeah. get discouraged mm-hmm.
0: but the more the more that you do it and the mm-hmm. more that i play like i i love it So I just try to find the little things and make notes in the set, like just, did this same thing that you do yeah. you know did this work did this not work you know i need to really work on this thing mm-hmm. and, or I'm not so- or just not do this thing next time so
2: drums are like my thing i always think that I'm, i always say that i'm a frustrated drummer <laughs> i always thought that i should play because like yeah. when i used to work um
0: it's funny i had they were set up yesterday <laughs> yeah. i was like i should probably just take them down and get some some room in here
2: i just, I just always love them mm-hmm. and i just never had a house that was big enough that i could have a drum set but i was yeah. like if i could do it over again i would have definitely had my mom get me a drum set as a little girl but oh i'm like God. i'm thinking yeah. of getting one of like those little ones that you can get on yeah but you might not have had the
0: energy that you have now because (laughs) you would have got it all out it would have been all used up it's like me i barely talk anymore because i i say it all i say it all on the instruments oh yeah for
2: sure absolutely like drums is like it's a great
0: it's awesome it's so cool it's it's i always describe it as this primal thing that Mm -hmm. we all kind of have in us because that's how we communicated Mm -hmm. back and back when we were couldn't talk (laughs) right yeah
2: it's true because it's you know a lot of trouble yeah
0: Yeah, and even kids like they Mm -hmm. hit they bang on stuff they Mm -hmm. hit stuff and they make noise they cry so it's like i don't know there's there's just like this instinctual connection that i that i feel with the drums and oh for sure and and singing and that kind of communication Mm -hmm. so i love it i think it's great
2: how old were you started playing
0: i was um I was like five.
2: Oh, that's cool. Five
0: or six. Yeah. Yeah. My dad, uh, we had, we had like a drum set in the house that Mm -hmm. my dad got from like a neighbor or something, but we didn't have all the hardware and stuff to set it up. So I would, I would put milk crates and put the drums on top of milk crates and then just hit them and make sounds. And then, and then when I could do a drum roll, I eventually got a, a hi hat cymbal, which is, yeah. I don't know where it is, but, um, and then I could, you know eventually started taking lessons when i was in elementary school and then it just kind really of cool. kept progressing like mm-hmm. and it was pretty evident from an early age that i was like really good at it mm-hmm. you know it was something that you i was i yeah. had a natural like thing and i just kept doing it and i was always encouraged to do it my parents never told me to stop practicing right or, you know so and, there, and the drums were set up in the friggin' living room <laughs> So you couldn't walk into the house. That's
2: pretty cool. Without
0: <laughs> seeing the drums or without not playing them, so it was just one of these things that like, okay, we're doing this.
2: That's awesome. That's really yeah. cool. And
0: then I had a lot of friends in in school that were really encouraging. That were really talented. Like, I went to school with uh, he was a few years older than me, but um, Steve Steve Aiello who yeah. who plays bass for uh, Thirty Seconds to Mars.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I mean, he's just one example of so many people uh dan mills singer songwriter they play with just so many talented people that came from my hometown right and they're still they're still pumping them out which is which is crazy that's so awesome, yeah yeah so many talented musicians
2: and yeah, musicians like i mean they you yeah. know the same thing like they don't kind of age like they're always out there
0: yeah you know ben haig his... went to my uh who, who's a comedian he was on late night uh, that's awesome. uh, he went to um he went to my high school uh actually did he, go to my high school? he was he was also a couple years older than me well, I think you went to my high school
2: That's awesome Yeah, there's a lot of, lot of uh, A lot of people that come out of certain areas sometimes yeah. Sometimes there's like a little energy in the
0: Well, it's just funny Because yeah. like how these little pockets of things develop mm-hmm. And then when you're young you, ch- you just kind of like slide right into it Right You know, and then you, you're you more likely mm-hmm. to, to be either a musician Or if this comedy is really right. big in your hometown Or be a comedian yeah. Like you're just more likely If, you know, if your high school had the best ping pong team then you're probably you're probably gonna be pretty fucking good at (laughs) ping ping pong ping pong
2: that's that's cool though yeah i yeah i I just love um i love creativity and i love that people can express themselves and i think that's one of the Mm -hmm. things that i always want to encourage everybody to like just go for it because you know even if you fall at least you got to express it you know i mean if you can sing i always say people that can sing that won't get up like i used to work in a bar that had like uh, the bar i work at has open mic on tuesdays Mm -hmm. and i used to work them and you could always wait. the the gap yeah it has like it's like full of musicians and um, music like local musicians and songwriters so on tuesday nights it's just kind of like you never know who's gonna come in and sometimes this person will be shy to get up there and they will just sing and you'll be like are you kidding me yeah, right now it's just and, a and they won't thing. even think that they they should be up there and mm-hmm. i'll be like listen like i want your instagram like i will email you every day to like make you like keep singing because the girl was unbelievable she i think she went to berkeley okay and she was a little bit you know timid and i was like yeah girl i don't even remember her name but i was like she did a bob dylan song and i was like blown away yeah. so i just always say to people like listen you know just just go someplace and just at least get it out yeah and What's the worst that can happen? Nobody cares. Nobody likes you. Whoop-de-doo. It's like if I go to a show and people don't laugh at my jokes, like, hey, you know what? Yeah. I'm still telling them some information that I think is useful. Maybe one person in the room heard something that they liked and if they get something out of it, then that's all that matters you tri- to me. You You can't it? please all the people all the time.
0: No, you can't. And comedy's
2: no. very... Yeah, everyone has a different
0: it's, super, it's very subjective. Right. Yeah. And
2: what some people might think this person's hysterical, I might not like them. So, you know, you get you just got to have kind of thick skin when mm-hmm. you're when you're pursuing certain things and just understand just take it for what it is and right. and you know, just keep growing and trying and and that's all I, that's what I'm doing right now and I, I'm just having fun and I meet really cool people yeah and uh you just you get to meet a lot of interesting people and and see different things every night it makes you kind of see the world a little bit differently and yeah. and that's it you know well, my big
0: thing is just like committing to stuff like you know that feeling that you get like i don't know if you get you don't you don't
2: yeah like you, writing my book yeah, you, sitting in my, you in my st- notebooks
0: <laughs> you don't strike me as a nervous person um but like if If I'm up in a room and I'm doing something for the first time or if I'm uncomfortable, even if even if I'm sitting and talking to somebody and I'm like, you know, nervous or or don't know exactly what to say. Mm -hmm. I just I just tell myself, like, just commit, just get past that, that, that feeling that you feel is just is just like a. Like a chemical reaction, yes. it's not real. Exactly. Just be here mm-hmm. and just do what you're doing.
2: Yeah, I think you that's. A, I think that's an important thing. Like when my my nieces were younger, I used to say that to them all the time because a part of it's not knowing how to handle the situation. I think that's what a lot of people in life struggle with. So that's one of the things I try to, like, I would teach them when they were little, like, okay, this girl said what? And I would practice, like, how to respond quicker so that Mm -hmm. if somebody, like, said something mean, you had a way to respond. Or if you walked into a party, like, my niece was gonna take, um soccer lessons one day and she really wasn't a soccer player and she was and all the other girls were like amazing soccer players and I said where I said, Listen, when you get there in your head just say, Bitch, watch me kick this fucking ball <laughs> And she looked at me like oh, I was crazy. But you know what? But mentally it, it you have to sometimes psych yourself up mentally. Yeah. Because you know, there's so many people that are gonna try Her to knock you down. Mom was like, "Kristen,
0: I need to talk to you about something."
2: <laughs> no, my family knows. Like, <laughs> I just, I'm always just saying the crazy stuff. So my sister and my brother in law already know. But, but like, you know, I just think that's what it is with a lot of, um, a lot of times, parents. You know they don't really know what to say they say don't do this mm-hmm. but well why like i always had to know why i was like yeah. i was like why can't i do that or right. if this works how come this doesn't work like you know right. I, I was always want to understand everything and i always think that everything can be solved yeah um so, so well kids so,
0: need to figure it out for themselves like because right. i mean if it, if the whatever it is isn't going to kill you then, then right. all right then fine Go, that's what i say. Like try they, it out you learn from your mistake
2: they fall off a fence and they break their arm you know what they were a cast for a little while they're gonna remember that they did that yeah, you know what like, I mean, that
0: sucked
1: exactly <laughs> so. so i feel
2: like you have to kind of like let them kind of you know yeah figure it out but you get to also kind of maybe sometimes give them a little bit of verbiage in the back of their head that they can learn how to push through it because a lot of times fear fear can either like it can hold you back or it can propel you forward it just mm-hmm. depends on which energy you give it
0: well yeah you just have to know how to know how to deliver the words
2: and if you so if you just kind of practice it then you get better yeah. and better
0: because if you're like yelling at someone <laughs> constantly you're you're gonna first you're gonna hate the person mm-hmm. that's yelling at you and then you're also gonna like why am i listening to you you're like they don't hear you you're it's white, grumpy. yeah it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's exactly white noise like, yeah. but then if you like sit down and be like hey you know all right you want to do that I can tell you why you shouldn't, mm-hmm. but, you know, if you yeah. want to go for it.
2: If it's not that's going to really... I always say, hey, you're going to make mistakes in life, and that's okay. Yeah. Just yeah, don't yeah. make mistakes that are going to ruin the rest of your life. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just that. It's good for... I mean, my mom used, when I was a little girl, my mom used to always say this to us. like, <laughs> You have to make choices in life, but you know what? You have to like yourself when you get up in the morning. I'm like, oh, no pressure, Mom. Thanks a lot. Yeah. But, you know, and it was a stupid saying. Like it was it was kind of a pressured saying, but it was kind of a good saying in a way because it would make you kind of sometimes think about... Your decisions, you yeah. know. She had like that wave, like you know, like that cartoon when you have the the devil on one side and the angel oh, yeah, yeah, on the yeah. side. That was my mom. My mom had these words that yeah. just kind of like lingered in your head, and you'd be like, "Oh shit." Yeah. Joyce won't like this, you know.
0: So were you? You were the oldest. I was middle. You're in the middle.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Interesting. Yeah. So uh, I was the youngest. So I would just see all the stuff like that my brother did to fuck up, and and, <laughs> and be
2: like, "Not do that." My yeah. sister
0: was in the middle, so she was just even keel She was the smartest out of all of us and uh and just like and i was just in the background doing my thing mm-hmm. and and just like all right not gonna do that but <laughs> that looks like fun so i'll do that and you know it's just all you you can pick and choose like where you want to go that's mm-hmm. kind of i think that's kind of the benefit of being my oldest be sister
2: was uh, smart and she was very like responsible you know okay. she was a little bit quieter my younger sister was a genius I like really? just like didn't have to try you know yeah school and me hate
1: it, those wasn't people. i
2: know she, it wasn't my thing but um i was like the i was like the fixer in the family like okay. I, I was like the mouth like you didn't mess with my family you know okay, me? Yeah, like yeah, my yeah. sister's like oh you don't want to mess with kristen She like you know yeah. like my nickname's the dawn because i because <laughs> i like it's funny because like that's people, a great nickname well people always look at me like i'm like this cute little happy like you know Thing. Yeah. so i always say don't judge a book by its cover because i am a happy person but at the same time if you come for anybody i care about it's probably the wrong thing to do you yeah, know yeah. at the bar they call me mama bear
1: because okay. everybody
2: comes to me to like you know for advice or like i they know like i look out you know yeah um so that's kind of funny that's always been my personality so the i've done been- <laughs>
0: that is that's a great nickname that's a nickname that i think everyone should aspire to well
2: people meet me they always it's think like oh you were cheerleader i was like no i didn't like what everybody else did i had like yeah. shaved head and nine earrings like you're know what you're mean? a shaved like, head yeah i was like the opposite like i had to do like you know i had, like the ba- i was like the 80s i had like the banes out of the middle of my face kind of like yeah. the cure you know what i mean i yeah, was yeah, like yeah. if everybody was into new kids on the block i was listening to like you know minor threat and you know what i mean i had to do like the- <laughs> it's like if everybody's doing the same thing i had to do something different yeah you know what i mean i just didn't yeah. like being like like everybody else that's cool uh, so I, had- I went through a lot of phases in life
0: okay yeah i don't it's funny like i just went through like an phase of being like an angry asshole
2: i think that's a young thing yeah yeah because i was pretty that's why i don't drink
0: i'm just coming out of it yeah (laughs) (laughs) no yeah well the thing is yeah to go back to you well so when when did you stop you're like how old
2: i was uh 20
0: you're 20 so um the bass player that plays in in uh my band he he stopped drinking and doing drugs and everything like at 22 Mm -hmm. so i always thought that was interesting And my dad actually stopped drinking at 22 i believe yeah he drinks now um occasionally but like i always found that interesting that personality type that can recognize that this is a bad idea and i I'm either gonna die, like Mm -hmm. I'm gonna like you know something terrible is gonna happen, Mm -hmm. or I just I'm just not into this. I'm Mm -hmm. not into the way I feel, and I'm not gonna keep doing it just because everyone else is doing it. Yeah, I always thought that is a very interesting personality trait because it's like such self awareness, and it's not always from the person that like reads the self help book and like you know reads about it and then like oh I have to I have to implement this in Mm -hmm. my life, which I think is kind of phony. But like, and I've done it, you know, I'm not, not, that's not a dig on anyone. (laughs) But but like, I, I always thought that was so, so interesting. And those are the kind of people that I, that I kind of steered towards.
2: Well, yeah, that's what I think. I think also because especially in today's generation, you see so much um, personalities with these, Books or these lifestyles mm-hmm. and I oh has, I have a joke that says um, I have a PhD in RLD which is a real life degree because like <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean because like the thing is
0: <laughs> you always say a lot of stuff <laughs> and I, I like a, all of it I have
2: a lot of stuff but the thing well I don't Talk a lot, Jesse. I mean, but uh, <laughs> the thing is, is that's what happened for me. Um, I was uh, that angry teenager, you yeah. know what I mean? Because I I lived in one neighborhood and I would sometimes spend time in the other neighborhood, and the mm-hmm. and the kids would be like, "Oh, you're from Slumberville, blah blah blah." So always mm-hmm. oh, trying to like, put you down. Yeah. And so I was at a cake party, and kids uh, have nothing else. Uh, and to kids do. just said, you know, some a boy was like, I don't know, put his hands on me. I kind of like let him know what was up, uh, kind of put my hands on him back and beat him up a little bit. But then we were staying there for the night. And as I sat there all night, I'm like, this is really a bad situation. So I just kind of like sat there and I said the next day, I said, you know what? I think I'm going to take a break from drinking. And my mother's like, that's really smart, Kristen. You know, so yeah. I was like a teenager. Yeah. I drank like, you know, there's nothing to do when you're a teenager where I was from. So like, you know, you had parties at someone's house on a Saturday yeah. night. You played drinking games. So, you know, you drank back then. And um, I just took a break and then I turned 21 and I liked to dance. And so then I could go dancing at night. And then I just yeah. kind of never got back into it. Then I became a bartender. And then bartending every night of the week, you kind of see, the, you know, how that can kind of roll. That
0: was such a hard thing for me. and that's And that's one of the reasons why I don't bartend anymore um a lot of it was just because of time sometimes i miss it a lot sometimes but like i would just see first of all i had two regulars that i really really liked and Mm -hmm. that i really enjoyed spending time with pass away which was really really hard Mm -hmm. and that's when it really made it real Real. yeah because i was like oh these just aren't customers like i'm starting to like care about these Mm -hmm. people and then i would have people come in that were just you know definitely alcoholics Mm -hmm. and they're you know i'm talking to them Mm -hmm. they think i'm their buddy and then and then i'm you know you give them a drink and then it's like
1: Yeah, shut them off.
2: Yeah, but it's not
0: even shut them off because, like, most of those alcoholics, they come in, they'll have one or two. Yeah. Because you know they've been elsewhere. Elsewhere, yeah. So they'll come in. They know how to not raise the alarm. Mm -hmm. So they come in and they have they have the drink. They talk to you, but you know that something's up. And then the smell. Yeah. The smell is uh, is the dead giveaway that they don't know about. Mm so it's like
2: comes off their 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 poor comes yeah. off yeah, yeah it
0: comes out of their skin mm-hmm. they, they they can't help it it's just what what it is they always smell like mm-hmm. a bar and it's unmistakable and it that's when i smell that on someone mm-hmm. it it makes me it makes me think that they're a different per, like i like i don't either i don't trust this person mm-hmm. or this person has has some issues yeah you know it makes and you i feel
2: ba- yeah it's hard it
0: makes me feel bad mm-hmm. um so I would run into that like a lot yeah and especially especially in that area and and I would just I was just man I, I just can't I can't be a part of that problem I can't be a part of someone else's
2: problem yeah. issues that's what I like about where I'm working now it's like it's a, a really nice
0: well when I went yeah. there it that place was great yeah. I, I'm I'm bu- I haven't been back since yeah, but yeah. like I'm Going, we're, you know, my I've been there for seven years, again,
2: and it's it's a lot of young professionals. It's a, and young just vibe. a lot of people, people come in, and you know, dinner, nice they people. They have, they come in for dinner. It's a lot of a lot of people. It's a gathering place for a lot of people. So yeah. you know, you don't really, I don't really have to deal with the uh, the sad side of the alcohol because if you yeah. work in like certain areas or certain bars, yep. you're dealing with the people that are there six days a week, and you're yep. just like, oh my god, they're here every day, every day. But I think one of the things that's interesting about working in a bar is. You think you have a better view of the real world because mm-hmm. you you deal with people in real time. Oh yeah, and I think, you meet
0: every personality,
2: and you just see every so much one. stuff. Like you can see sometimes how people are a little bit full of shit because yeah. you know once they think that they're in a comfortable zone, like the the, the I feel like that's where masks finally fall. I feel like yeah. oh hi human, right. and they can kind of like have a real conversation and, and and speak freely. Yeah, and so that's what's kind of interesting because you can see, you know people from corporate america and you can see them reacting in certain ways and you're just like well that's kind of the complete opposite of what you guys you know say you're supposed to do all day long and and so it's kind of interesting so i think it gives you a little bit a better barometer of like life sometimes Mm -hmm. and it's been to me it's a great Learn experience, and I think that everybody should do it at least for a little while because I think it gives you a skill set in world, life, and business that you wouldn't really get from anything. It just teaches something that you could never learn from really a book. Just how to treat
0: people. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone. I I, even when I was before I was a bartender, I was Mm -hmm. a server, and then you see a whole other different side of people because you know if you're sitting at a table, your server comes up to you. You know, you're not you're not you Mm -hmm. to that person. And when I was a server, you really see how shitty someone can be to a complete stranger stranger. for something that's not your fault. Mm -hmm. They had a bad day. If they're feeling like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to be... I'm gonna be like the boss of this table, Mm -hmm. you know.
2: I'm gonna run you ragged because I had a bad day, and I'm gonna take it out on you. Exactly.
0: (laughs) But when you're a bartender, you don't get so much of that.
2: No, because they have a respect for like bartenders. You're like the upper echelon of this. There's a different
0: respect. (laughs) Like I'm the guy that holds the key to your good time. Right. So it's like I I don't know, and you just you just see how to not treat people. You know, if you can take those lessons—if mm-hmm. someone's acting like that to you—and not get angry, mm-hmm. and then turn that into a positive thing for yourself, yeah. then then that's great. I mean, being a bartender has taught me so much and has got me, uh, has done so much for my career as a musician. Yeah, just, a
2: good, you learn how you are learn good with icebreaking, connecting. Oh yeah, um, make you know building rapport with people yeah. pretty instantly because you can kind of cut down to like a real calm. Yeah. So I just think it it just cuts through so much stuff that other people just yeah. don't because you have to do it so often yeah. that that's one of the things you're good at dealing
0: with shitty people like mm-hmm. gigs you know being able to have a quick wit and and you know shut, shut them down shut them without down. Telling
2: them, like you tell them to go fuck themselves about saying go fuck yourself exactly and people are like oh
0: yeah exactly
2: <laughs> so, so skill set you learn yeah some I, people
0: don't know how to do that yeah. like i've been in situations where i've played and you know the person up front mm-hmm. has there's been someone talking and then they don't they address it in a in a poor way. Mm-hmm. And it changes the whole vibe of the, oh, the room, room. And it's like, Jesus, how are we gonna get through this show? And then you eventually do, but it's like I don't know. It's yeah. tough. It's tough.
2: I think that's that's a really interesting thing, but that's what I um I, I that's what I like about bartending too, is because I always say that you learn um, Do you have
0: to take that? That's okay.
2: No. no. <laughs> um, I just wanted to like I it's my fault. Uh, my father he calls all the time he's he's entertaining my father like when my parents got divorced when i was a kid okay and uh my dad lived out of state like florida for most of our life and he moved back a couple years ago okay so so funny because (laughs) i was like we were so much alike. yeah we're so much alike but we're like we're like oil and water at the same time oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh he, he just
0: it's tough to have two big personalities in the same yeah place. but
2: we have we're almost like a sitcom because my mom is like so nice she's remarried but she invites him to everything so mm-hmm. like we still spend all our holidays all together okay like my mom my stepdad and my dad and i'm just like she's a, a big woman and uh but he, he's a fun he's he's fun i have a lot of fun with him he cracks me up like one day he was driving the train and um He's like, do you know what to do with your, your pocketbook pocketbook? I just looked at him I'm like, go oh, did you hit your head or like just wake up out of like a dead sleep? Rip and we go like, I'm like, I grew up in Somerville. I've been on the train since I was in like sixth grade. You know, <laughs> I lived in New York when I was 22. Like, yeah. So he, he just we have we have a very fun relationship. But some days I just like, he's he's a character. But uh, that's
1: awesome.
0: You guys should have a comedy duo. <laughs> yeah, he's always show. like, should
2: I be the opener? I'm like, no.
0: You no, know, you guys just got to get up there and just start like, ar- just probably, start arguing
2: <laughs> yeah people get a big kick out of it just start
0: hashing out uh, you know issues when you're younger yeah. people would love it my,
2: my co-worker goes <laughs> oh I love Tony stories do more Tony stories yeah. when you do your act you know what I mean yeah. so he'll probably get call it the Tony, and the <laughs> yeah, Tony and the Don Are you kidding <laughs> hey Jesse you're onto something here oh god he would get a kick out of it too he'd probably love just even doing like little videos for sure but uh, yeah. I mean, he's funny but I know parent uh, families, family dynamics is fun you yeah. know my yeah. family's super close. We're, we're a little ridiculous. Yeah. My my sisters and my mom all live on the same street. What? Yeah, yeah.
0: It's like, we're really like Ray Romano.
2: Yeah, kind of. Like my two sisters live side by side. My mom's like five houses up wow. in the same neighborhood. And then yeah. I'm like 10 That's kind of
0: nice. I feel, uh, the thought of that, like my first instinctual thought is like, that sounds terrible and then after a little bit i'm like you know that, that's probably not so bad you know it's nice that they're all together all the time it'd yeah, be bad if like there's some drama yeah but yeah,
2: we're pretty we're pretty we're pretty cool we all get along pretty well that's awesome which is nice yeah that's great Yeah. It was boston roots
0: boston roots um how are you with with uh like watching yourself and and critiquing yourself. Like, it's are hot. you are you hard on yourself? Yeah, or are you, I am.
2: But at the same time, I just try to say, okay, you know, what went well, what didn't go well. Okay. Um, I try to like sometimes when you do open mics, there's really mostly only comedians there. So I kind of walk in, I'll check out the room. I'm like, all right, it's all comedians. A lot of comedians are already working on their own stuff, so they don't really laugh as much. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of come in with the energy. I just bring my energy, and yeah. I think people kind of like, what the hell is this? Because you know, a lot of comedians are like have like that that dry sense of humor that yeah. deadpan persona yeah. like i just walked down the street today and i'm like hey how we doing and i was like what the hell like,
1: oh, <laughs> i don't know if i'm ready like, for was? this
2: and so but i'm like "Hey, i just use it as a dress rehearsal i just work it on you know i don't really write a lot of stuff down okay it's kind of all like in my head and yeah. i just kind of don't know what's gonna kind of come up when well, i how get do you up there
0: polish it up like that
2: i do it repetition gotcha. so then the more time i go then i kind of see like i mean i have words written down or like like i know this it's all my own like stories so i kind of yeah. know them already
0: it's almost like a set list like you have like one one or two yeah, words so I'll do like yeah so like i'm doing this thing and yeah then i'll do like thing. the parenting bit tonight gotcha. or i'll do
2: the bartending bit like i do a bartending bit about the 90s as to now yeah and like how we had the man show back then with like juggy contest and then <laughs> i go to work and then I love that men show. would say this you know and i would say this back and
0: you have aspirations to to have have your own show or or do i, do I was a gig thinking somewhere? of doing
2: that um i kind of like um it's kind of funny. I'm trying to think of a new... I might actually start a new YouTube, uh, a new um, Instagram page because mm-hmm. I kind of have a split personality. Yeah. You know, like I'm kind of like happy oh, and motivational, but yeah. then I'm also kind of like no bullshit. Yeah. So I kind of i am thinking of starting like this new thing that I'm, I'm working out right now. And I think that will kind of be a lot more videos. Will this into, other
0: personality have its own name? Like
2: I, I was kind of coming up with like a concept because like a lot Kristen of times when you go on my Kirsten. Instagram... Kirsten. <laughs> I was going to do listen to Kristen, but that's already taken. But um, I wanted to do something that I can kind of show both sides of the personality where, where it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, Because sometimes I just want to make people think differently. Then sometimes I want to be like, this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. And let's just call it out today. Right. Or sometimes I just like like to make you be like, hey, get up and have a great day. Like, just put yeah. on a great song and just lighten the fuck up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm working on that right now. And then that will give me a little bit more eerie where I can kind of maybe talk more directly to the camera to kind of connected more people yeah yeah, yeah. and um maybe i have some ideas for like a couple of short satire sc- clips that i want to start doing mm-hmm. so um i'm basically just teaching myself everything as i go along yeah you know like watching youtube videos trying to learn how to edit and how to videotape it's just yeah so i'm just a one woman just coming up with all these crazy ideas awesome. just trying to put it all out but you know what
1: we're all doing that's
2: what y'all do and i mean and that's what the thing that's so great about the internet like mm-hmm. we started off in the beginning of the show is that uh you have all these opportunities that you can do whatever you want to do. Mm -hmm. If you want to put the time and energy in and teach yourself something, you can build anything you want to build and that's what I think is an important thing for parents to like, start to understand because this world is changing yeah and what you originally thought wasn't going to be like playing drums originally would be like oh you can't do that for a living yeah like you know opening (laughs) opening to opening toys and letting other kids watch (laughs) it's a business so um i just think that that's the best conversation at
0: family parties so uh how's it going (laughs) everything okay (laughs) <laughs> yeah so uh so yeah so
2: i mean that's what's interesting and that's what i'm working on over the next couple of months and uh we'll see how it goes uh i'm thinking maybe taking a little bit of road trip out to new york for a couple couple open mics out that way just to kind yeah. of see, you know get out of your comfort zone and kind of push yourself out so I think, I, just think, I think that's what you have to do sometimes because you can sit there and you know just keep doing the same places over and over again and, and feel comfortable yeah. but you gotta sometimes you know push yourself and make yourself try different things and better to fall flat in your face and say hey Absolutely. i got that experience and now yeah. i know what i need to change you, you have you
0: have to fail to succeed mm-hmm. you have to 100 percent. so yeah you should you should definitely go out yeah. to new york and yeah it's
2: only four so hours many. in the car what's the big deal four
0: hours in the car
2: just go out do a little show or two and come home just, and then you figure it out
0: <laughs> just have yourself a sandwich and a sprite and get your ass in the car is it is um it? no it's great well thanks for doing this well, i really appreciate me. it this yeah. is awesome
2: awesome my first
0: you're my first comedian on the show well
2: thank you so much
0: (laughs) (laughs) and that is my conversation with Kristen Hutchinson you can check her out on Instagram Kristen being Kristen she does a live stream on Instagram every Monday through Friday from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time she has interviews all kinds of stuff so I enjoyed that very very much please tune in on Thursday night at 8 p.m. on my Facebook page Facebook.com slash Jesse Humphrey to uh, hang out with me for the live stream Over the Hump, Over the Hump live stream every Thursday. And be sure to check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash after the gig. Uh, there's a bunch of different options on there and it'd be great for you to check it out. So I will see you next week, if not before, have
1: a good